2: Welcome back to white ladies in crisis it's a podcast dedicated to women losing their marbles we are talking about physical season two episode 10 it's the finale don't you say it's over i am joe lipset and i am joined as always by jen adams hello as well as gina radcliffe hello okay uh oh boy i feel like we have some big feelings about this finale it didn't really go the way i thought it was going to
1: not in the slightest
2: no jay what a shocker physical has thrown us a curveball i know
0: (laughs) i will say if we don't get a third season which please, I really want a third season, please, to the Mm -hmm. Apple gods, I'm gonna pretend that this episode doesn't exist, and that (laughs) the ninth episode is the last of the season. Honestly, yeah,
1: I'm 100% with you there, (laughs) I just, I did not like how this went at all for anyone.
0: Yeah, I feel Mm. like it's, like, started, because I really loved a lot of the first couple of scenes, and then I feel like they realized, uh oh, third season. Oh shit, we got to figure something out. We have to have a conflict. We can't right. have things going too well. And it just felt like it steered in this, this really contrived direction to try to create drama. Where I feel like a lot of it was pulled out of nowhere. You know,
1: it really mm-hmm. it, it undoes to me what what I found so bothersome about it is it just completely undid everything, all the progress that every single character made up to this Mm -hmm. point like you know oh you know we realize that that john ream has you know has a soul and you know he's Mm -hmm. just trouble it's like no he's a fucking monster (laughs) Uh. he 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 is in he's a vindictive prick and 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 Mm -hmm. you know oh well you know sheila as you know you know taking responsibility for for you know her mistakes and, you know, her and danny you know, may not be able to, to, you know, stay together, but they could at least learn to get along for the, you know, the better of Maya. Nope, they fucking hate each other again. And it's mm. just like, you know, everybody made a few incremental steps forward and then took these huge steps back. And it's just like, I, I don't even know what I'm supposed to feel for any of these characters. I, I liked some of them. Now I don't like any of them again.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I had, I had...
0: Well, we'll talk about it. But, like, I was really excited for Sheila because, like, she seemed to be doing the work, you know? Like, you see her hold the orange. Mm -hmm. And then in the first scene, she is eating with her family, you know? Like, they're at a restaurant and she's taking bites and it it doesn't seem like she's stressed out about it, you know? Mm -hmm. And then she has a moment of stress and she calls her friend from recovery, which is huge, you know? Like, I don't know if this woman is actually a sponsor. I don't know if her type of therapy is using sponsors but like that's what you do when you don't want to go binge you know and then at the end she just goes right back i feel like she thinks she has more control in this iteration of her affair with john bream like i think she's intending to use this to her advantage in a, a more cynical way than just to get temporary relief you oh, know yeah. yeah yeah Yeah. but she's i really think she's gonna end up right back where she started you know
2: so i don't have as strong feelings as the pair of you. I, I definitely do feel like some of this is contrived. I'm frustrated because the show hasn't really used Ernie very much this season, and he's very much the person who incites all of this, right? Like, huh yeah, He battering. sort of shows up out of nowhere after having... Not really been seen a lot of in the last Few episodes at least and he's You know basically saying oh well Danny you gotta get in there and make sure You're getting your money because she lives About to skyrocket Mm -hmm. and then You know he's setting things off with Greta As well but I mean, this is bad for Sheila, but I don't think that she's going into this being like, oh, I'm trying to get a relief from John Bream. She's like, I can use this guy. Because there is that very telling moment here, right? Where she tells Danny when he finally asks her, like, why John Bream of all people, just like we wanted him to. And she says, I didn't want to be with John Bream. I wanted to be John Bream. She wants Mm -hmm. to be the person who gets the things that they want. And when shit starts to go south near the end of this episode and she loses control and that fucking voice comes back she goes okay i'm gonna go to the dude who gets shit done and then she tells him exactly what he wants to hear so that she can go full annihilation
0: yeah and what i really enjoyed about that final scene like in in the the bubble of it is i feel like she's she's not doing something that i approve of but she's using Mm -hmm. all of this negative self-talk And she's turning it on him, you know? And because I dislike him so much, I'm okay with it. (laughs) (laughs) Anybody else, like, but it was like, as a viewer of a show that I know is not real, I enjoyed that twist, you Mm -hmm. know? It's like, oh, you know. But the thing about John Bream felt really dishonest to me. Like, I don't think that's why she was with him. What I really wanted her to say in that moment was like, I was with him because I hate him. And I love you, and intimacy is scary, and he is mm. somebody I could be intimate with in a way that scratches the itch that I can't. You know, I just, I don't, I didn't buy the whole, he's powerful, and I want to be powerful,
2: you know. Okay, so question for the two of you. Do you think Sheila is being honest to Danny in that moment, both to him, but also to herself?
1: mm no, I don't I don't I don't think she is I don't think she knows how to be honest at this point. Yeah. I, I, what makes this show both interesting and frustrating is, you know, she says to uh to what she calls up Harriet and tells her about this confrontation that she had with Danny. She's like, Oh well he's seen the real me and he doesn't like it and is like, but that is that the real you, Sheila? Mm. Mm-hmm because like i i don't know it, it's if that's the case then, yeah I, I don't blame him because the real her is not a it's like, not a good person and, right. and right. you know again you know, i think another thing that, that bothered me about this is i guess there must have been a little bit of a time jump between when yes. she gets out of uh rehab Because now she's got this, you know, she's got a staff now and she's Mm -hmm. got this studio that she's opening up. So let's say it's a couple months. But Mm -hmm. so... What happened between her and Danny that all of a sudden they're just back to you know every encounter with each other is just absolutely just antagonistic mm-hmm. like like when he brings up the idea of of you know being entitled to half her earnings which he's kind of right it's <laughs> not it's not very nice of him to it's a little petty of him to bring it up but but yeah. you know he he you know, by California law he would be entitled to that. He would yeah. be entitled to half of her earnings.
2: I think it's just because... Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. There is a time jump. I would have appreciated them spelling it out a little bit more. Like we know that something has happened because they're not living together anymore, and Danny has moved into this kind of seedy tiki bar. <laughs> <bachelor-type> <laughs> I guess he I guess he didn't place. get
1: that job. I don't know. We we all see. Pretty... No, no, he got
2: it because he he tells Ernie that he's got the job at the ACLU.
1: Oh, right, right, right. Okay, he just right,
0: hasn't right, right, started right. it yet. So it hasn't yes. been that long.
2: So it hasn't been that long, unless paperwork took a long time to process in 1982 let's say three months maybe
1: yeah but there's like a point where when he you know when he brings that up to her where she and she just you know oh well your ideas were stupid and it was one night and she's just looking at him like she absolutely loathes him and Mm. it's like okay what happened here that, you know, when they were had a breakthrough and, and she was apologizing and trying to get him to understand, you know, where she was coming from and that she was finally taking responsibility for her, how she treated him. Now, again, we're right back to the beginning where, like, they can barely be in the same room together.
2: But I think that they were fine until Ernie planted this seed and then all of a sudden out of nowhere it seems like Danny is bringing up oh no now i'm entitled to 50% like had it been something that had it been sort of broached a little bit more gently or maybe earlier i think Sheila wouldn't have reacted so defensively but i mm-hmm. think in her mind this comes out of nowhere right like they're having this decent moment she's very conciliatory as he's picking up this bike in the garage and then suddenly he just says hey so i i'm going to go after like my share of your business and I think from her perspective it's like wait where did this come from it's been months we've been civil and now you're dropping this on me like a load of bricks
0: yeah yeah and I think I think the problem for me is that it may have been three months in the world but or in Mm -hmm. this the world of the show but it's been like 10 minutes of show time compared to like almost two seasons of this. So it doesn't feel like I can imagine after three months, you know, she's going to slip a little bit. She's going to like get really defensive. I read that as kind of just the emotional walls are coming up because she gets mm-hmm. scared. But the thing is because we haven't seen enough time, with her being in a better place, it doesn't feel like a slip. It just feels like progress hasn't been made. You know, it feels like, we're just Right, right, right. right. Exactly. It just erased it, you know, like it wasn't real in the last episode. It's like Mm -hmm. the beginning of this episode, I thought was going really well. I think, I think you're right. Ernie really kind of stirred the pot in a way that I don't think he really intended to, but it just caused everybody's shit to flare up in this bad way. Because like, as soon as, Sheila is triggered, Danny's triggered too. And it's like, kapow, like they can't, they can't Mm -hmm. see, they can't think rationally because they're both still upset, you know?
2: Yes. I appreciated that this episode gave us the two confrontations that we really had been wanting to see right like we wanted to see Danny lose his temper on Sheila because we all felt like he was kind of outed yeah so there was something satisfying about watching her kick that bike and tell him to fuck off and him be like no you cheated on me and then with John Bream why tell me that so Mm -hmm. I did find satisfaction in that and then we I think also kind of wanted something to go down between Sheila and John Bream And maybe John Bream and Danny. And I actually did quite like the scene between Danny and John Bream in the parking lot after Mm -hmm. the tap dance revelation. (laughs) Oh, man. I was glad that it didn't just turn into fisticuffs or like the two of them shouting. Like it was Mm -hmm. actually more satisfying because they both sort of kept their tempers in check. Mm hmm and then it's tricky because obviously the the stuff of john bream and sheila is like really at the end like that's not a a legitimate interaction like that's when the inner voice is fully driving her
1: right yeah and just again but then but of course we've got you know john bream is you know wants his money back from mm. bunny and from uh, bunny and tyler and is apparently sending a mormon assassin squad <laughs> to all the <laughs> All the way to Mexico, <laughs> and it's like, come on, man, Jesus Christ, you know? <laughs> like, right. and, and again, I, I I wonder why you know they spent so much time giving this character so much you know you know some dimension, and oh well, his life is hard too, and you know he he you know breaks down when his little premature baby is born, and he apologizes to his wife, and she forgives him, and it's like, no, he's Still a fucking asshole. Mm. (laughs) It's like, you know, and and we we talked about we talked about before whether or not this character needs to still be involved in this plot. And mm-hmm. I feel like that, you know, uh, apparently the, 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 the writers think that he does. Oh, yeah, so, they're doubling down on it. Right. So now it's like, oh, well, okay, you know, Bunny and Tyler got the money. You know, everything's been resolved. But no, now he's going to try to get the money back because, you know, these people, you, you don't cross John Bream. And it's like, okay, well, what am I supposed to, am I supposed to feel sorry for him? Or is he the villain of the series? Because don't, I, I don't know, I feel like at this point his character is being handled very clumsily and, mm. and I, I don't know if they, they have yet figured out what they really want to do with him.
2: Yeah, this feels a little too much like we we are setting things up for Season 3 and... I remember in the back half of season one, we had a lot of these similar kinds of complaints, but it was stretched out over a longer period of time. So we were just like, what is the show doing? It seems a little confused. What stories does it want to tell? And I think we're maybe extra frustrated with this finale because it does feel a little too rushed. It feels like we're desperately setting things up for a potential season three that we don't know whether or not it's gonna happen but yeah it's like okay we need to give bunny and tyler something in mexico so we'll give them that and we're gonna have sheila and john bream do some kind of corporate espionage thing and we're introducing some actress that we've literally never referenced before who's beaten sheila to market And that's all fine if this was maybe the first episode of season three and we were going to have nine more episodes to pay things off. But as a finale, that's coming in the wake of a bunch of episodes that were doing really well at balancing characters, letting those emotional components sort of play out. This just doesn't satisfy as well, does it?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like it leaves us on a cliffhanger in a in a way that I don't want. Like it just—it's a bummer, and it feels like just really contrived. You know,
1: well, yeah. Like when you act. when you compare it to to how the last episode ended, it was probably mm-hmm. about the most positive. You know, the ending that the whole series has had yet, and then mm-hmm. it just the whole tone of this episode just felt sour and and pessimistic and and more like mm-hmm. than just just cynical like yeah you know, they, like, like the only way that she'll succeed is just by continuously fucking people over and and, and it's yeah. just like come on man come on. i mean it doesn't have to be a you know a, a you, know, you go girl kind of you know pluck in a can-do attitude she'll make it but it's like you need to keep the audience on board with this and you you need the, the audience to continue to want her to succeed Mm -hmm. you know and i realized and i talked when i reviewed the second season now granted i only reviewed the first half of the season um because i probably would not have been as positive in my review if i'd Mm. seen it all the way to the end but Mm. you know you can say that you know when you think of tv shows like mad men and and uh breaking bad when you have a, a male protagonist who is not a good person who is not anybody that a person should be emulating in any appreciable way and yet people do sort of pull this you sort of tyler durden you know yeah but he's a terrible guy but he's also really cool at the same time Mm -hmm. and where that sort of thing is not afforded for female characters and Mm -hmm. and i i get that but at this point listen it's like sheila what do you have to be so vindictive about this (laughs) <laughs>
0: you know i mean
1: you're the one that has no i i again danny does not come off well in this episode either he he's lost a lot of the goodwill the, mm-hmm. he gained from me you know like i said nobody comes off well in 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 this episode but mm-hmm. it is not unreasonable for him to expect some sort of compensation for what she's put him through. Like he's even letting her stay in the house. You know? <laughs> right. He, when, you know, mm-hmm. it would be not at all unreasonable for him to want to continue staying in the house and taking care of Maya while she goes off and starts her business. But I, I mm-hmm. think that he up to this point has been a pretty good sport about things. And mm-hmm. you know, now the idea is well she's got to get her revenge against him for daring to interfere with her with her goals and her dreams and it's like sheila sheila you owe him a little something you know i mean i mean you know at least you know work out some kind of compromise or arrangement or just you know go ahead and start you know actually filling out divorce papers and figure out how you're going Mm -hmm. to do this but you know the idea well i have to destroy him for for you know even considering this, it's like mm, Sheila. <laughs> you know, it's,
2: like- right. it's very Kramer versus Kramer, isn't
1: it? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if the audience is going to be with you on this. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I have been very forgiving of Sheila, probably more so than anyone else. Um, and even this one, I was like, "Come on, what are you doing?" And I think the thing that made me the maddest is it just doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel like. Like, I think she is just grabbing at something because she is mad that she feels scared and out of control again. And she's mm-hmm. just grabbing onto the strongest thing she can possibly find. And there's a moment when she's talking to her friend from recovery, whose name I can't remember. Harriet. That, I love her. Harriet. And Harriet's like, yeah, th- our real life suck. Like, nobody wants to sit with the pain of their real life. And I feel like that's what this episode is, because mm-hmm. I I expect a certain amount of mess with Sheila trying to move her life in the direction that she wants to go. And I think I really understood... For the first time, this is really what she wants. She doesn't want to be married to Danny anymore. Like when she closes the door to Maya's room and she just has that smile on her face and she's just Mm -hmm. laying in the bed and like, okay, she has got the whole bed to herself. Exactly. And I mean, I've I've had those moments where it is really nice, but I feel like this episode is just so making us sit in the mess of this without giving us anything to latch onto that is positive you know right
1: exactly the very very it's a very cynical episode
0: right and like i can i can get on board for a, with a certain amount of mess and i can one of the things i love about the show is i feel like it doesn't give us pat answers or it doesn't mm-hmm. take an easy shortcut and i'm willing to accept a lot of kind of misery from it because i feel like it is real and it is earned and i think that's what pissed me off about this episode is they're shoving misery in our face, and I don't feel like it's real or earned.
1: Right. And, and I feel like, you know, we've spent, like, I, you know, at the risk of repeating myself, you know, we've spent several episodes feeling more like we've gotten to know these characters a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And then the last episode is like, no, nope, you, you really don't know them at all. Right they're not who you thought they were you know, it's like it's like oh you thought john bream you know was trouble but you know at the, you know, at the at the end of the day decent guy no he's not you know, yeah. he, he's he's a prick and and you know he's apparently going to subtly terrorize you know buddy and tyler who they're you know of no danger to anyone they're absolutely yeah. harmless they're just a couple of they're 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 a couple of you know harmless dopes but <laughs> right, you know, yeah he's gonna he's gonna track him down to to mexico and and shake them down for the money he feels that they owe him and mm. it's like and I, and I feel like in that way it's like okay now we gotta I, and and i have no problem with bunny and tyler hanging on even though you know you you could bring their storyline to a close i mean they did they did make it to mexico
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but this seems to be a really genius were contrived and and this is a very contrived way to to literally drag them back into the plot
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think we just needed a couple more scenes like It's tough because we feel like we just saw Sheila having a breakthrough last episode. We didn't see any of John Breen last episode, and suddenly he's kind of back in full force. But also, none of the scenes are from his perspective, which is when we were getting some of that more interiority. We were feeling like we were getting to know him a bit more, so... Mm -hmm. It's frustrating to not just see these characters either backslide or go back into their more negative tendencies, but to feel like it's happening so quickly. Right, 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 right. I didn't find anybody's reactions out of character per se. It's just that it felt like they went from zero to 60 at the drop of a hat. Like Sheila has Mm -hmm. one minor setback. Suddenly the voice is back and I get that. Okay, yeah, she might just then start suddenly acting irrationally but it feels like she's gone from oh okay i didn't handle this very well to okay i'm gonna burn it all ground like she literally ends the season and this episode by saying she wants to annihilate you're like okay well that that's a big jump from her cradling the orange in the opening five minutes of the episode
0: totally yeah and i think even if there were one more episode in the season. I think I mm-hmm. would be okay with this, but like, I am not looking forward to the next thing. You no. know, like I, I don't want to, I don't want this plot to play out. Like this is not where I want the show to go. I'll still watch the hell out of it. Cause I do love the show and I trust it to turn it around. I hope, but mm-hmm. it, it it goes back again to what I was kind of saying in the last episode is I feel like this is an hour long show squeezed into 30 minutes and this is just one of the ways that it's a negative i think there are a lot of times where it's a positive but this is one of the big drawbacks is this feels out of the blue you know
2: yeah so one character that we haven't talked too much about and i think who maybe comes off the best in the episode is greta and we've had sort of mixed reactions or questions about how greta is handling the new parameters of her relationship with ernie But here we actually get to see her sort of put her foot down. She is still very sex positive. She's still a great bestie to Sheila, a good business partner. What did we think about Greta's storyline here?
1: She's the only character that, you know, stayed the course and and didn't make this very abrupt change in attitude or take this Mm -hmm. big step back you know, and, and you know, erasing a bunch of her progress. You know, I think she still is struggling with having, you know, some sort of feelings for, for Sheila, whether, you know, she's, you know, in love with her or at least has a very intense crush with on her. You mm-hmm. know, I think that she's trying very hard to respect the boundaries that sheila has you know pretty clearly stated you know you know the whole classic you know, i like you just not that way kind of thing right and mm. you know we've all we've all been in that situation where you know we 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 sort of let somebody know we we have feelings for them they're like mm, that's nice but no but yeah. uh, but we're still trying to be friends with them and you know we kind of have to self-correct check ourselves it, it could be awkward and and you know anxiety inducing but i think she's handling it pretty well right yeah
0: yeah i i did enjoy watching her like just immediately send all the furniture out like listen to sheila and i, mm-hmm. I enjoyed watching sheila be assertive and make a lot of choices ernie she was making decisive choices uh, he just didn't <laughs> like them. So right. um, I will say I think Greta is in the same way that she needed to figure out how to have a business relationship and a friendship with Sheila. She's going to have to figure that out with Ernie too. Because while really? I am still very mad at Ernie, like if they are business partners, like they need to keep that out of the bedroom. You know, yes. like it was mm-hmm. not literally the, the bedroom.
2: They're about to exactly. fuck, and we're talking about business. <laughs>
0: Totally. And it reminded me of that scene in Sex in the City where Charlotte tries to get Harry to, like, abandon his religion, like, right before he has an orgasm. He's <laughs> <was> like, no, <laughs> you can't do that. Although what I did appreciate about that is she was like, I'm going to go masturbate. Like, she actually did want to have sex. It was uh-huh. just like when she said, can it be both? She really meant it. She wasn't just trying yes. to seduce him. She just needs to figure out they, they have to set some boundaries for that relationship, too, because Ernie's right to question you know, it is more money than he said he was going to buy.
1: I don't think Ernie's trying to, to, you know, uh, 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 ruin her. I think he's he's being a businessman. You know, he's he's right. he's lo- he's looking out for, you know, his his investment and he's right to. Mm-hmm. But I think mm-hmm. I think Sheila, you know, cannot tolerate anybody questioning her. She just, I mean, mm-hmm. she just, she just views that as, you know, well, you're, you know, you're trying to, you know, get in my way, you're trying to stop me. It's like, no, Sheila, he's trying to make sure you don't, you know, you don't fold within the first year of business. Right. See, yeah. I,
2: I would agree with that sentiment if. Ernie had have only been talking about the business, but then he basically plays down the gender line when he goes to see Danny and is like, Mm -hmm. well, you know, not only am I worried about Sheila and Greta's decision making abilities, right, you know, like, oh, women Mm -hmm. don't have a good head for business, but then that's when he goes in, like, Ernie's just as bad for conflating business and relationships. It's just that in this case, he's prioritizing his relationship with Danny and saying, hey, as the man, you might want to sneak in there because your wife is about to make a bunch of money.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. And also she can't make decisions and that really pissed me off a
2: lot.
0: Although I will say in his defense, like as my day job, I have to make a lot of prototypes of things. And it is frustrating. Yeah, Yeah, they are. And it's really frustrating to spend all that time and money and then get these constant revisions. But the step that they ended up with was the best step and it Mm -hmm. brought me
2: straight back we know because we've all seen them that's that's how they look in their life
0: they do and i was like oh i remember step aerobics it made me happy
1: (laughs) i'm I'm glad that they i'm glad that they did not move forward with the one that has our face on it though
2: oh Oh, god God. yeah you don't want
0: people (laughs) stepping on your face
2: (laughs) i was gonna say that's a terrible (laughs) example of branding like yeah let's have our customers step on my face
0: (laughs) right Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That was real shitty for him to go to Danny and stir all that pot because they were going to find that out at some point anyways. And Uh I think better to have a lawyer say that, you know, and Ernie knows that they would have to deal with that with lawyers, you know, and he knows that they both have lawyers. Like, let them deal with that in the natural course of getting divorced. Don't like, you know, feel like you're going behind your back.
1: I don't know. Yeah. I feel like Ernie has not quite been developed enough. He has a character that I, I don't think Mm-mm. that he he meant to be a troublemaker. I, I think that he thinks no. he's be I think that he thinks he's being helpful.
2: But I I do think he's he thinks he's being helpful to Danny for sure. Well, but yeah, I think yeah, he yeah. also part of him is siding with Danny because he's a man and because yeah. he thinks that Greta and Sheila are in slightly over their heads. mm
0: mm-hmm. Mhm. Yes, I agree. And because he doesn't like the fact that Sheila didn't like so many of his prototypes, like I think there's a little bit of his not necessarily his ego, but I think he's frustrated and he's taking this this need for perfection that I don't think he quite understands about Sheila as a frustration and as like a wishy-washiness, which I don't quite think is what it is.
2: Mhm.
1: They're both very they're both you know very set in their ways to the point that You know, it's actually slowing things down. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Okay. So, the final scene. We learn that Sheila has been scooped. She is rightfully upset. That inner voice comes back. She drives to Bream. She tells him that she loves him and i'm hoping that we're all in agreement that we know that this is a big play right because the inner voice says tell him what he wants to hear Mm -hmm. and bream just absolutely crumbles in the face (laughs) of this and he's Mm -hmm. on board and we end on this note of uncertainty i'm curious sheila says that she has two adversaries danny is obviously one of them who do you interpret as the other i think it's the new
1: lady yeah, I was gonna say initially I thought it was Ernie, but but I think it's the her competitor that we've never heard of, but this <laughs> twice.
2: Kelly Kilmartin.
1: Which is which <laughs> is odd because Cokey <laughs> Because I would have thought that they would have said they were setting up for Vinny to be her competitor.
2: Right? Mm-hmm. Either Vinny or Bunny or somebody somebody who makes sense in the world of the show, unless we're saying, oh, okay, we're gonna bring this character in presumably yeah. in season three
1: are we just done with vinny as a character because that's the of all the characters that you know they just stop using vinny would seem to be an odd choice yeah,
2: yeah. it still seemed like there were stories to be told about vinny right unless it was mm-hmm. like oh here's a failed model of sheila that sheila doesn't want to go down this path because she doesn't yeah. want a marika
0: and that's another thing where it feels like they couldn't get
2: murray bartlett
0: Murray Bartlett, like that maybe he just didn't sign on for the third season. And maybe. this new actress did. And I noticed they didn't show her face. So this could be any small blonde, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, they showed it, but they didn't.
2: Yeah, like you could pretty easily recast it if you needed right. to.
0: Yeah, that felt like setting up the big bad for season three, you know, mm-hmm. which is another thing that just felt very TV. Like I could see the writer's room conversations with this episode, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Let's tee up a new antagonist, and we'll we'll do that if and when we get another season.
0: Yeah, although I will say I like Sheila's step better than Cokey Kimmy Kimmy Cokeyness's step. <laughs> 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 uh,
2: okay, so apart from setting up an adversary in the fitness world, in the step-up fitness world specifically, if we get a third season, where do you think this might go?
1: I have no idea, because I'm so completely wrong about, like, I'm like, oh, you know, you, you Sheila and Danny probably aren't going to be able to work things out, but maybe, you know, they would have a nice goodbye, and, you know, Danny will go off to San Francisco with Maya or whatever, and say, mm-hmm. and nope, that didn't happen, and, you know... John Bree can you know fuck off to whatever mission he needs to go to, and nope, that doesn't happen <laughs> mm-hmm. and I, I, so i i I'm giving up on trying to predict what happens next because i'm not <laughs> even so I get the impression that the writers aren't entirely sure what's going to happen next from one episode to the to the next.
0: Yeah, this felt very... Like, there was a certain... Parks and Rec is the show that is, like, tugging at my mind, where, like, they were wrapping up the penultimate season to be their last, and then they finally got the go-ahead for a next season, and they kind of just jammed a bunch of stuff to set up next season, you know? Mm -hmm. Although, I will say... We still have not returned to the opening scene from the very first episode. I could see that being the first scene of season three. And then it just extends and John Bream is there and he's like the money behind all of this. I don't know how that's going to go with Greta and Ernie, but, you
2: know. So I have a hilarious story, if you'll permit me, like a 30 Uh second anecdote. Mm hmm so we've been watching this on screeners because we got them in advance and I didn't realize that the landing page for physical had reverted back to season one so I clicked episode 10 and it starts to play and it's Sheila like looking fabulous it's her and Bunny doing aerobics in the mall and Uh I thought oh we're like We're retconning scenes or we're having like an alternative version of what has happened. Mm -hmm. And I kept like looking for the nuances, like, oh, what's different in this scene? Because I've seen all of this before and I thought maybe we were gonna like rejig it to go into that future that we've seen in 1985. (laughs) And then I just realized, oh no, I'm watching the season one finale. I clicked on the wrong (laughs) episode.
0: Oh, I mean, I I was definitely like, oh,
2: okay, we're finally bringing it back. Like this finale is is going to return us back to that cold open that the show Mm. really teased off the top that we've said it feels like they've forgotten about or they maybe want us to forget about but no yeah yeah it it seems like we're gonna have this corporate war with her and john bream trying to do everything they can to destroy danny as well as this new actress Mm. and then i guess we're gonna be doing something with Bunny and tyler getting blackmailed into not working with the momos in mexico
0: (laughs) yeah like that's the storyline where i'm like what are you doing here i'm
2: i'm not excited for that like i want those characters to continue but i'm not excited by that storyline
0: no i feel bad for them
1: it's like you know john Bree, do you really think it's a good idea to be harassing these people right
2: I I just needed some kind of insight into that thought process because like, it feels like it came out of nowhere. Like, okay, here's a a way to keep these characters in the show, but why has he suddenly decided to do this? Like it, I needed a scene with Maria where she's like, fuck you, act like a man, get that money back or like, make sure that you get it back into the church or something.
1: I don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really, this, this is the point where I I actually really do hope that they made a copy of the tape.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know. That's what I thought Sheila was going to his office to do, is like, I'm going to release this, because Sheila is the one that owns it now, right? Mm -hmm. She's in possession of it.
1: Well, yeah, they gave it back to her for some reason, which I I, I don't know why they gave it back to her, but they did. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's right, because Tyler put it in his pants. Yes. Oh, Tyler. (sighs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I... I want John Bream to go down, though. I'm I'm pissed off. It's just the self righteousness, you know.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's like he he showed some symbols of having a soul. And then mm. he broke down in in front of his wife. His wife did the whole well, you need to be a man. And then he like just turned into like this like stone cold. I'm gonna taunt the, you know, the man whose wife I slept with and you know, see, mm. see if I can go to him into getting into a fight with me, and then tell him that he's pathetic and that I feel sorry for him. I'm gonna, you know, you know, harass these beach bums that had the audacity to take some of my money. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, what is my takeaway from this? That that yeah. you know, he he almost broke away from the life that makes him so deeply unhappy, and then we decides to stick with it. He just, well I am just gonna make a bunch of other people unhappy instead. It's like, okay, well, how am I supposed to feel about you? Yeah,
2: yeah, but we don't even really know like why he's been driven to do any of this, why he had the sudden kind of change of heart, and so on. Like, we're left to infer so much because we really don't know what is driving him anymore, and that's that's almost more frustrating to me like i could take it if we thought he was okay and then he proves he's actually not i could take that but yeah i don't know why he's doing any of this now
1: right so what what is the what is who is the real john bream is it this guy Mm -hmm. or is or is it the guy that you know helped patch up when uh you know when sheila's surgical wound opened back up you know like like Mm -hmm. is he is that the real him or is this the real him
0: Totally. And I would be okay going back to him or having him more in the next season if we saw a little bit of him wrestling with these two sides of himself. Because I could see him just really not accepting how angry he is that he just had to shut down this potential happiness mm-hmm. he was about to go chase. And he and that makes him so miserable that he's just got to spread his misery out to everybody. Right. But I need to see him struggle with that. And all we see in this episode is him being a dick.
2: Yeah, if the show is going to use him in this way, we need to see more of him. We need to know more of him.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if if Sheila's going to go down this road too, like that's a lot of unlikableness, you know. Oh yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. That, and that's, what that's why I'm talking about like, you know, that you're you're asking a lot from the audience to stay on board yeah. at this point.
0: Yeah, I feel like I'm I'm finally starting to see <laughs> to to join your side on that, Gina. <laughs>
2: But I do wonder if that's why we're introducing a new antagonist that we don't have strong feelings for, because mm. nobody's going to care if Sheila destroys this Kelly woman.
1: That's and when, then
2: we can continue to see her sort of like work out issues with Danny, because we actually know Danny, the show gives Danny screen time. Mm. Whereas if she just goes on the warpath against some random actress that is beloved, we're going to be like, okay, cool. You know, you do you, Sheila, get get your annihilation out on that side
0: yeah take her down yeah.
2: okay well obviously this all presumes that we even get a third season we please, please, please. will find out more down the road but for now that is the end of our season two physical coverage so uh gina if people want to commiserate with you about what a hot mess this finale was, how would they get a hold of you? <laughs>
1: uh, I am the co-host of the Kill by Kill podcast, in which we talk about horror movies, focusing on the characters. Uh, we also have a side project uh, called Dish by Dish, in which we are rewatching uh, Hannibal episode by episode. Uh, as of this recording we are about halfway through uh the what's for now final season and i am on twitter under gina does things
2: nice and jen
0: you can find me on socials at Jen feratu and you can find me co-hosting the losers club podcast which is a stephen king podcast and psychoanalysis which is about horror movies and mental health
2: nice And if people want a little bit more from me, there's a new episode of horror queers every Wednesday and I can be reached on socials at the stole my remote. Thank you as always to the anatomy of a screen pod squad network for hosting the show. Be sure that you check out some of the other fan programming that we've got. And, uh, Jen, Gina, this isn't the end of our television coverage, even though physical is off for now. We're not quite done with the white ladies who are having some <laughs> issues in suburbia.
1: <laughs> yep.
2: Gina, this is a you pick. Where are we headed for the next couple of weeks?
1: Uh, we will be covering the Hulu docudrama Candy with Jessica Beale and uh, a recent uh, Emmy nominee, not for this, not for this, although we could cover mm-hmm. the show that she's nominated for uh, at some point, um, uh, Melanie Linsky.
2: Ah. So we're we're kind of sticking to the period setting, right? Because this is mm-hmm. set in the seventies?
1: That's 1980, pretty much, pretty much the almost the exact same time period as uh as physical.
2: You know what? I should have known that because that hair speaks permed volumes.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, the, the wig work and and, and this uh, the wig work, the fake mustache work is is incredible. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Oh,
2: nice. <laughs> All right. Well, you've seen this whole series, and I think Jen and I have seen none of it. So, this should yep. be a fun little adventure for <laughs> at least the next uh, five weeks. So, yeah, folks, come back next week for episode one of Limited Series Candy. And until then, this is the shitty part of reality where we just have to sit in it, I guess. <laughs>
0: that's right. Yeah. I'm going to go run off to the bidet, you know. (laughs) (laughs) The anatomy of the scream pod squad.